0: You know, I've been given, I give, this is my third message, I've been talking about a dream, what I call dreams and desires and purpose, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, that's what I've really been talking about, and the reason I did was two reasons, is uh, first, uh, when I was there, I wanted to tell you about this experience I had in China that was really pretty amazing to me, uh, and it really spoke to my heart significantly. Is there was one day we shared how we just prayed and prayed and prayed for people I mean non-stop and like one day we prayed well we prayed over four hours for people one day straight and that really was we even prayed more than that because we had just prayed a couple more hours for people supposedly when we were eating lunch but so we got into this really and that was the day we were all separated praying for people that was the day that Christina Casterson quit and went to bed and it sort was of, sort of a disaster, really, because all these people wanting to pray for her, and she, she couldn't pray no more, and Becky's feet started swelling. She quit in the middle of it and said, I'm quitting. I said, no, you're not, neither. You are not quitting, leaving me here of all these people. You know, it was overwhelming in a way, and it was hot as fire in there, man. I mean, it was so hot, you know, that, I mean, I had myself positioned under a fan, and it still was stuffy hot. And one thing about Chinese people is they don't have a personal space thing. <laughs> they don't believe in personal space. In fact, your space is their space as far as they're <laughs> concerned. They were literally, I've had guys come and sit in my lap, literally. Like, why are you sitting in my lap, man? I don't sit in my lap. No, You're not allowed in my lap. There's only a few people allowed in my lap. So they're just pushing in on and I kept telling them, you've got to get them off, off of me because I couldn't only even breathe. But we got into this amazing flow where everybody we were praying for, God was just giving us... You could just touch them, and you just know all this stuff. It was amazing. It was like tapping into the, what I call the spiritual information superhighway. It was just totally right there available. And uh, so I was just in this great flow. I mean, I could, I could pray for anybody at that moment. I mean, it was the Lord was just... And then there was this woman that came, and she sat on and I put my hands on her, and it was Nothing. It was so nothing, it was shocking to me. Like, what happened? And uh, so I just, after a long time of just sitting there with everybody looking at me, and I'm sure that woman was feeling kind of bad at that moment because everybody else was just getting downloads, and and I just didn't have anything to say to her, nothing at all. And it was disturbing to me because I wasn't going to make something up, you know, and I was contemplating. Well, I'll just give her a good old Lord bless you and keep you and let His face shine on upon you and give you peace and <laughs> move to the next. But I thought, oh, that'd be such a terrible thing for this woman. You know, it would be just sad for, that she didn't get something really real from the Lord. And then I saw this tree, and I said, and so I saw, I saw, I saw a tree. I said, I see a tree, and immediately I knew exactly what was happening. Uh, I saw a tree, and I gave her this verse. This, Proverbs thirteen twelve Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And what I realized at that moment, it was awesome what I realized. I had When I touched her, I prophetically, spiritually had connected with her life. I had connected with what was going on with her. The waiting, the nothing is where she had been at. She had been in a place where her dreams and her desires and everything that she was wanting in life had been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, and her heart was sick. And so I was actually experiencing that delay. I mean, I was getting information from the Lord, but I was—I just couldn't. I thought it was—it's great when you're in a such a place where you, the spiritual and the natural world have overlapped each other. You know what I'm talking about? Where there's an overlap where you don't know whether this is the Holy, you're in the spirit or you're in the natural. And but what I was doing, I was experiencing that. And when I said that to her. You know, it was like the floodgates of heaven came on her. And God began to heal heal her heart, okay, of of what she had been going through. Because God was releasing the desires of her heart, the the tree of life, the desire come true. And, and that really spoke to me. I mean, I was thinking, like, all the people we pray for, which is a bunch of people. I can't remember the majority of things I pray for anybody. I mean, I was delirious in my mind. But I remember that one distinctly because of that thing is that God, you know, that. and when I got back is when the Lord gave us that word about the Father was saying a lot of people's, their dreams, they've, they've, they've lost their dreams, they've let their dreams fall to the ground, and he wanted to pick those dreams up again. And he was calling people to dream again, okay, that God is saying this is a time for, for the people of God to begin to dream in him And the desires of your heart, the things that God has put in your heart that you have lost touch with, that he wants to bring those things back alive again in people. And I begin to think about this part of this verse, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I begin to think about heart sickness. And, uh, you know, in the United States, the biggest killer and the biggest disease in the United States is heart disease. I'm talking about the natural more people men and women die of heart problems than any other any other disease in fact it 's a it call, you know they said economically it 's over a billion dollars a year in costs health costs insurance costs lost days at work all that people go through when they begin to have heart trouble okay so in the natural, if your heart is in, is is sick, your life is sick. Okay, if your heart is sick, your life is sick, and that's what this is talking about. It's not talking about your natural heart, obviously. It's it's talking about your spiritual heart. And Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He said in the latter days, in the latter times, this is in Luke twenty-one thirty-six. Men's heart will fail, or men's heart will be sick uh, because of the fear and the expectation of those things coming upon the earth. That people's hearts would begin to get sick. Because of fear and the, expect, the expectation is hope, in other words, the 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 future their their future they begin to look at the future and it made their hearts begin to get sick and you can see that in people you can see in America there's an epidemic of heart sickness spiritual heart sickness among amongst the church in fact I believe the church is being seduced right now by the enemy. And the, the results is a sickness of heart, spiritually. And when your heart is sick, spiritually, because your heart is the true you, it's, the, it's who you are. And when it gets sick, when you get sick, the real you on the inside, your life is sick. That's what the Bible teaches. It teaches your life is sick when that part of you is sick. Okay? And see, so the Lord really wants to, really want, He wants to alert us to what's really happening to us okay he wants to alert us that there's a there's an attack against your heart there's an attack against who you really are and it's subtle and it's not like a major thing it's a little every day of your life a little a little a little a little and then one day you wake up and you realize there's something wrong with me does anybody know what I'm talking about you wake up there's something wrong with me and it's it's your heart something has happened to your heart you know that's why it says in proverbs 423 keep your heart with all diligence with all diligence that's what it says all diligence be diligent about this person inside of you keep that person protect that person because out of it flows everything out of it flows everything and so what's happening we are subtly being deceived in our hearts the enemy is subtly working on people and many people have suffered what that woman suffered is they have been stuck in this delay. Actually, that means that word delay or deferred means drag on. Your hope, your dreams have dragged on for so long. And it's made you sick inside. And what happens when you get sick on the inside, you lose something with God. You lose this reality of the Lord. and, And you begin to desire other things is what the Bible says you begin to get consumed with the cares of this life. Okay? And and you begin and you begin to lose touch. You begin to lose touch with reality, spiritual reality. Does anybody connect with what I'm saying? You know, uh you know, you know I was thinking about when I was you know, when I got back, I, I share with you I got you know, I had jet lag really bad. Then I got sick with this science infection. So I had lots of time to lay down and think. You know, you don't sleep half the night. You wake up in a minute. So I thought about lots of things. And I thought about, you know, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And I thought about things that I hear all the time from people. Okay, I thought about words that people say. I'm talking about believers. And I was thinking about, you know, one of the things that I hear people say to me all the time. In fact, I heard it out of my mouth and I was repenting because I realized that, that that's part of the seduction is how busy I am. Have you ever noticed that when you ask, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm really busy. I'm busy, 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 I'm busy. busy." You know, in the Bible, when God wanted to free the children of Israel from Egypt, you know, one of the things that Pharaoh did, he said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get these, we're going to make, you know, they were making bricks. He said, we're going to make these guys get so busy that they won't have time to think about God. We'll make them not only make the bricks, they'll have to go get the straw and still make the bricks and make the same amount of bricks. So they won't have time to think about God. They'll be wore out all the time. They'll be consumed in their hearts. So they, can't go out, so they won't think about this deal of going out in the, somewhere in the woods and worshiping God. And so that's what's really happened. That's, how we're, that's one of the ways we're being seduced. We're being seduced with busyness. And a lot of the business is not really going to be good for us in the long haul. Because as we move on in time, you see, our hearts won't be in good shape and we'll start having spiritual heart failure. We we will start fainting with fear because we'll be vulnerable. Or, does this make sense to anybody? Jesus said this in Matthew six twenty one. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, a lot of people, their treasure has shifted. That's what I see in the body of Christ. A lot of people's treasure was the Lord. He's the he's a treasure in the earthen vessel. That's what the Bible says, who He is. But what happens when things don't work in our life the way they are supposed to, or when we get so busy, our treasure quits being the Lord. It becomes something else. Our heart goes somewhere else. You following what I'm saying? And say, so that's the condition of many people right now. God is no longer their treasure. He's not the most important thing in their life. God is not the focus and center of their life. They're not passionate about God. They're, something else has drawn their attention. And they're consumed with things, and they may not even be bad things. I'm not talking about bad things. I'm, you know, the Bible talks about the cares of this life killing the Word of God in us, consuming the Word of God in us, the desire for other things consuming the Word of God in us, Concerning, and the Word of God is Christ. He's, he's the Word. And it kills that. It kills that in him. Are y'all okay? Y'all are just looking at me with this crazy look on your face. Okay? And and what this scripture in Proverbs says is when God does it, when things don't work in your life, the things you dreamed about, the things you desired, the things you've hoped for to see happen, it will make your heart sick. And when your heart gets sick, you will pull back from the Lord and you will find something else to replace that. You may not consciously do that, but over time that's where you go. All right, let me read this in Mark 8, 15 through 18. This is something that has spoken to me for a long time. Uh, this is Jesus. They were just did some miracles, and then he wanted to rest, and he went away, and then these people followed him. Remember that story? And he ministered to these people. Because he had compassion on them, the Bible says, and fed them and took care of them out in the middle of the, the bad place. And then they got in a boat and they were going over to the other side. And, and he started talking to them. He, said, he charged them saying, take heed, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. You know, that's a religion and political spirit that he was talking to them about. That, you know, is, is consuming people's hearts. And They reasoned among themselves, saying "It's because we have no bread. they were thinking natural, he was talking spiritual, they were thinking natural, but Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, "Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand okay now he saw him spiritualism he's shifting the shifting the thought like, Hey, y'all are talking about bread, natural bread. I'm talking about something spiritual here, okay." Why don't, what's the deal with you? Why don't you, why do you reason like that? Then he says this amazing thing. Is your heart still hardened? In other words, is your heart sick? Is your heart messed up? And because your heart's messed up, you can't connect with spiritual realities. I'm telling you, you can be sitting here today and not, and be totally disconnected from God. God. They were sitting right there in the boat with Jesus. They had been with Him in His miracles. They had done all those things. They had heard all He said, but they were totally disconnected. Something was wrong with their heart. Their heart was sick for a reason. Their heart was over overpushed. Their heart was overindulged. It wasn't, it wasn't just sin. Sin will mess your heart up, obviously. If you're sinning, it's going to ruin your heart. Okay, but doing too much will ruin your heart. Doing too much is going to ruin your heart. Being busy all the time is going to ruin your heart. Being consumed by your career is going to ruin your heart. All these things that we're consumed by, it will ruin your heart. And, it will, uh, and Jesus could say the same thing to us. Hey, you're not getting it. Your heart's messed up. Your heart's got a callous on it. Your heart's hard. Your heart's got a sickness in it. That was what was wrong with that woman I was praying for Her heart was sick. Because she had waited and waited and waited. And God didn't show up for her. When she thought he would, and said so she got sick, you know, but the Lord had mercy on her. You know, because the Lord, because it does say hope deferred makes a heart sick, but it doesn't say hope fails. It doesn't say hope fails. Hope never fails. If we have a hope from God, it will not fail us. It may delay. It says the vision may, may wait. The vision may be prolonged, right? Habakkuk, didn't you read that last week? Back it says, it may be delayed, it may take a long time, but it will surely be fulfilled. But the problem is, will we be there in the day when God wants to fulfill it? Will we, will we have walked on with the Lord and kept our hearts with all diligence and made sure that Christ was the center of our hearts and not everything else? Or did we allow our hearts to get sick with disappointment, discouragement, Or our jobs made our hearts sick because we worked all the time. We gave our lives to, to our jobs, our careers. And I, you know, and I'm, and I have a career. I'm a pastor. I can give my life to this and miss the person. You know, miss the treasure. And my heart can become sick. And he can say to me, Byron, you're not connected with reality here. You're connected with reality on the earth, but not with me. And He wants to connect us with Himself. Otherwise, we're not abiding in Him. You can't abide with a person you're not connected to and that there's not a reality with. And that's the truth. It's the truth we all need to come to reality in our hearts about. What is the condition of my heart, Lord? Anyways. Having eyes... See, he said to those men, "Y'all got." he's not talking about natural eyes. He's talking about spiritual eyes. Having eyes. And I can say that to every one of us this morning. You have eyes to see. Don't argue what the Word says. You can say, I can't see. That's a lie. You can. You have eyes. And if you allow yourself, you can begin to see something different. If you allow the spirit of wisdom and revelation to touch your heart, Light will come into your life and you'll begin to see, and you'll be begin to see the deception you're in. And I'm not scared to say that. And I'm not saying something to you that I haven't said to myself. The deception I've been in, when I begin to see my life right, that I realize there's a deception that I've bought into. There's a lie, there's a subtle lie I've bought into. And it's made me sick. It's made me sick, made my life sick. My body may be healthy as a horse, but my spiritual man, my real man, can be sick and suffering. And he says, So, having eyes to see, do you not see? And that's the question this morning do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? You have ears, you can hear God. God is talking, you can hear him. Do you not hear? That's what he would say to all of us. Do you not hear what I'm saying to you? Have you not seen what I've been trying to show you This right obviously in front of your eyes? And then he just sort of goes to the bottom. Starts out with seeing. Okay, you can't see. Can you hear? No. But can you remember? See, that's sort of the bottom line with God. You might not be connecting with God on a seeing and hearing level, but there's always this remembrance thing. Can you remember what I've done for you? Can you remember how sweet your life was with me at one time? That's like, to me, that's, that's the entry level into the spirit world. It's just remembering. Are y'all following this? So when you get in trouble in your life spiritually, and you can't see, I can't connect with God, I'm not seeing nothing, I'm not getting nothing, I'm not hearing nothing, Lord, can I still Remember? Can I still remember when I did see? Can I still remember when you did touch me? Can I still remember when I had life generated in here and I was going after something bigger than this world had to offer? Can I remember that? Do you remember those times? I mean, we can remember those moments where we would say we would do anything the Lord asked us to do. And we were happy with very little. With very little. And now we're not happy with a lot. Are y'all feeling bad? (laughs) You're looking bad. (laughs) And that's what happens when your heart gets sick. You even struggle to remember how the Lord, what the Lord is like. And what He, who He is. What He's done for you. You just sort of struggle. You forget where you come from. That's why testimonies are so great. I love my testimony. I go back all the time and tell people how I got saved. And one of the reasons I'm doing it is because I'm remembering this is what God did to me. I was a drunkard. I was a drug addict. I was was a, a, a promiscuous human being. I was reckless. I was vile. And one day I prayed a simple prayer, God help me. And His fire came on me. Instantly, straight, instantly sober, instantly woke up. And knew there's something here to this God. And it scared me. I didn't get saved right then, believe it or not. But you know what happened to me? I'll just tell you this. I love this testimony. Because it's my testimony. I was with this girl. uh, I've told you all this before. Anyways, I was going to throw up. Because the world was spinning. And I was too embarrassed to throw up. That's why I said, "God, God save me. God help me. And that's when this fire came on me. And it scared me really bad because I thought, "Oh Lord, take me home, take me home." That's so why I said. Take me home. I got to go home. I got to go. I got to think about this. This fires on me. You can't be as high as I was and as intoxicated as I was and become instantly straight without. That's as weird. as something going on here. And I went home and I thought about it for a while, and uh, you know, thought, "Man, God just did something. God touched me. God touched me." God heard me. God heard that little prayer, even in my terrible state. And I began to think about God. I thought, I need to find out about God. That's what I thought. I need to find out about God. So I had this Bible that my daddy had given me. I went and got it out of the box. It was still in the box, you know, how Bible's coming out. I never took it out. I thought, thank you, Daddy. He gave it to me for graduation. Thank you for the Bible, Daddy. I had it on the shelf. I went and got it. And so I opened it up and started reading the book of, in Genesis. And I was reading about God creating the world. And I would read and think, yeah, I believe that. I believe God did that. He did this. He created the animals. He created the plants. I believe He created man. I was agreeing on all that. But then this thought came to mind. But who created God? Where did God come from? And so I spent the next two weeks going over this, trying to get God in. Where did you come from, God? Who made you? If you? I believe you made me. I believe you made all this. But where did you come from? Who made you? And I'll be honest with you, I was getting high and asking God that question and reading the Bible over and over trying to find out who made God. i got to find out where did God come from. And somewhere in the middle of that, I realized I wanted this God. I wanted to know this God. And I made a decision in my heart to give my life to Him, to repent, to say, Lord, I'm going to receive Christ as my Savior. I'm going to give up. And I went, I can, I'll can. i never forget this. I had lots of alcohol. And I know people have different views on alcohol. But when you get saved and you've been drinking a lot, you need to pour your alcohol out. Okay? So I took all this alcohol I had and I poured it all down the toilet. Every bit of it. It was money going down the drain. <laughs> and then I took all these drugs, pills and marijuana, all this stuff, and flushed it down the toilet. Because I was flushing away—that's why I feel I'm flushing this old life away. You know, I was being baptized in the toilet that day, <laughs> vicariously. And so sometimes in my life, when things are not going good for me, and I feel like God's a million miles away, I start going back. What I just tell—I start rehearsing to myself. I remember that fire that came on me. I remember how chilled I was and how, how afraid I was at that moment and realizing there's a real God. Because I can remember. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> you know, when you can't when you're heart sick, your motivation towards the Lord changes. You can't you, you're not motivated towards God. You're not motivated towards spiritual things. That's a, that's a sign to say your heart they'll tell you you're heart sick. You don't really care about worship. You don't really care about the Scripture. You don't care about fellowship. You know, church is optional. But when your heart is well, all those things are important to you. Fellowship's important. Church is important. The body of Christ is important. The Word of God is important. I may not understand it, but it's important. Somehow it's an important thing. You know, the grass starts looking greener on the other side. You know know what I'm talking about. You're a wife. Well, I like her husband a lot better than my husband. Because your heart's sick, you start looking at this man thinking he's a good guy. Well, he's just as big a jerk as your husband, probably worse. He may make more money than you, but he's just as nasty and sorry and lays around and whatever. You know how men are. They're just nasty. Because Becky says they are anyway. Well, let me read this. i got to be done here now. Let me read this numbers twenty one four about things that, that what delay does to people. I'm gonna just read this. It says This is when the children of Israel the Lord took them out of Egypt, and they were going to the promised land. And they were headed to the promised land, headed to their promises, headed to their hopes, headed to their dreams, headed to their desires, and they ran into a problem. It was called Edom. It says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. Because the Edomites said, You're not passing through our land. So they had to go way around. Now, who were the Edomites? The Edomites were the descendants of Esau. You know who Esau? Jacob and Esau. You know, Jacob have I loved. Esau, not so. You know, Less. Esau represents the flesh. It represents the world. And it says they and the, the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. Their hearts became discouraged because of the delay because they had they couldn't go straight into what they had they had to go way around. And see that's what happens to a lot of people. This is what's going to happen to you with your dreams, with your desires. There's going to be situations, there's going to be circumstances in the world that are going to hinder the economy will hinder you. Your job or your lack of job will hinder you. You, you and I need to face those things. We think we, we are exempt from those things. We are not exempt from those things. We live in this earth. We are going to, just like it rains and the sun shines and the rain it rains on the righteous and unrighteous. When the economy collapses, the righteous are affected. You can say what you want. I haven't met anybody yet that they weren't affected by such things. God meant it to be so. They were affected by Edom, the world system. The world system can affect your dreams. They can delay your dreams. And you had to learn. And they it says their soul, because there's delay in that their souls, their hearts, became discouraged. And that's what happens with a lot of people. Things didn't work out. The economy delayed things. I've got plenty of stories on that. You know, Paul the Apostle in Acts 27 was on a ship and he said, hey, we don't need to be... We don't need to be leaving here right now. He knew something. And they said, nah, you know, we need to leave. The owner was convinced by what the captain of the ship was saying. Because why wouldn't he be? If you owned a ship and you had a captain on a ship who was a seaman and you got this dude who's a prisoner, who's a dang maniac, you're going to listen to him and not listen to the captain of the ship? Dude, go back under there. Be quiet. We're going. Well, guess what? He should have listened. In fact, this is one thing I want to tell you. It's okay to say, I told you so. Because Paul told him, I told you you should have listened to me. <laughs> he did tell them that. After they, It says they thought they found what they needed, a breeze, and they were going along for a way. See, that's what happens to people. Oh, we got what we need here. And guess what? It turned into a terrible thing. They had a terrible shipwreck. A lot of people get shipwrecked because of somebody else's messes. You're going to get caught up in other people's messes. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt your dreams. It's gonna delay. But if you're like Paul, you just take advantage of the situation. You know, he took advantage of it. He preached the gospel. He healed people. Healed an, old, an island that is a, a Christian island to this day, from my understanding. Y'all remember the story of Abraham, who was given a promise by God, and it got to be a long time, and so Hagar and. His wife, Sarah, come up with this brilliant plan. And so, hey, he did this brilliant plan because God wouldn't do it, wasn't moving fast enough in his life. So, he created Ishmael. You know, Ishmael is, and he, he almost lost his marriage over what he did. They almost got a divorce because, and he destroyed Hagar's life. He destroyed that woman's life. I mean, we look at just, we we don't think about what it did to that woman. And and Ishmael getting, all this stuff that happened, Ishmael became an orphan. It was a terrible thing, but there's a war going on today because Abraham didn't wait when he should have waited. You know, I mean, we're sort of paying for that price. Uh, Saul was a king in the, in the Old Testament, and he did some stuff one day, and he was supposed to make a sacrifice, but he couldn't make it. Samuel the prophet said, I'll be there in seven days. Okay? And so Saul waited seven days, and people started getting restless. It says people started leaving and forsaking him. And so he went ahead and did the sacrifice, and he shouldn't have because it wasn't his place to do a sacrifice. And guess what happened? The minute he finished the sacrifice, guess who comes walking up? Samuel. And said, Saul, you blew it. God's going to take the kingdom away from you over this business. This is it. And see, a lot of people, you see what I'm saying? is we want to take things into our hands and we don't realize the ramifications of trying to take things into our hands. Are you okay? This is a great message, isn't it? Yes, sir. Let me just finish here with the... I did want to say something about when the desire comes true, it, it is a tree of life. Okay, that's awesome, isn't it? Isn't that beautiful? But when the desire comes true, it's a tree of life. But have you thought about the tree of life? Now, that's a, to me, when you think about that, I just want to say this. I just think it's kind of odd. Metaphor. 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 <laughs> metaphor. Symbolic thing that he was trying to communicate. Why would he use the tree of life? Okay? Because the tree of life is the tree of immortality, not immorality. <laughs> See, I'm in bad. If you were mad at me about using bad words, see, I, I, am not good. I'm bad. I'm bad. You know. I, I, let's read Genesis three six. I just want you to see this. It says, "So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, oh, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, this is not the tree you want to be eaten from." Okay. The tree was desirable. When a desire comes to desire, everybody say desirable. desirable. You see, that's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it was desirable. There's a, see, we have a desire in us. Desires from God. Dreams are from God. All that's from God. There's this desire in us to fulfill these things. It was a false hope. That's what they reached for. When they reached for that tree, they reached for a false hope. And so when we begin, when God puts something in us, and we begin to reach for it ourselves because God's not doing it when we want Him to do it or how we want Him to do it, we're, we're reaching for a false hope. We're reaching for the wrong tree. Are y'all following this? This is really, this, is, this will help you. This will help you because you know what? This tree will kill you. This tree is death. It's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she took of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave it to her husband. See, I think, when I, I think the fulfillment of, of our desires and dreams is really something awesome. I think that the pursuit of them is awesome. We should, but we have to really make sure that we don't reach for the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we try to make something come true in our lives that later we regret. Because we did it. We didn't allow God to do what God was going to do. We didn't allow God to fulfill it. So, here's the question. I've got quite two, some, two questions I'm going to ask you. Are, number one, are we allowing our heart to become sick because of our desires and our expectations about when and how they should be fulfilled? Now, that's a question you need to ask. Is your heart sick? But I'm saying become sick. I'm giving you some slack here. You know, I'm assuming you're in good shape and you're starting to get sick because things are not working in your life the way you want them to work and you're starting to get sick. Some of you, you're already sick in your heart. And I think that's the question I want to challenge you about this morning. The next one is, are we like Adam and Eve trying to grasp right now what God would like to give us at a later time on His terms? On God's terms, I'll give it to you. I want to give it to you. I want you to have it, but I want you to have it on my terms and my time. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we trying to get something that's not meant for right this minute? And because we're not getting it, we we start grasping because our hearts are getting messed up. See, it all goes back to to your heart, to you, the real person in you. And so you... You know, I believe God wants us to dream again, to awaken the desires in our hearts. I believe all of that. There's a risk in it. The risk is God still does what God does. The risk is you could be disappointed because he didn't do it tomorrow and in the way you thought. And then your heart's sick. And then slowly but surely you disconnect from, from the person of Christ. And then your life will go downhill in the future. Your things will not begin to work for you. You know, and you're you will become a lukewarm Christian. At best, you will be a lukewarm Christian. You won't you won't it'd be better if the Lord made you cold. At least you would know you were cold. But you'll become a lukewarm believer. Are you a lukewarm believer this morning? Ask yourself that. Am I lukewarm in my life? I mean, just ask yourself. If you are, there's something wrong with your heart. And God is speaking to you today. He's talking to you today. He's, he's reaching out to you today and saying, I, I want to heal your heart. I want to heal your heart. But you know what? He might say this. Are you willing to just let me heal your heart regardless of the dream or regardless of the desire? Now, that's the question. If you can answer, yes, Lord, I am willing for you to heal my heart. I'm willing, Lord, if I have you, if you can do that for me, I'm willing to not have those things. If my heart can be healed, I can be right with you, Lord, and I can my life can be right. You know, I mean, that's really getting down to the bottom line there with our lives. Instead of saying, well, the Lord would do this for me, you know, if the Lord would fulfill that dream, if he would give me that spouse, I would be so happy. You may be miserable if you get that spouse the wrong way. I mean, you're probably going to be miserable anyway if you get a spouse, I'll be honest with you. Now, I'm saying this in a real way. There's not a person in this room who's married who hadn't had some miserable moments. Like when you wanted to do something and your wife did not want you to do it. Or when she spent all your money that you had that you were going to spend on something else and she spent it on sheets. <laughs> you know? And you're thinking, why did we buy sheets? We don't need sheets, we got sheets, just watch the ones we got. Who cares about sheets, right? I don't care about sheets. There's other things I would like to throw my money away on, but Hush. Anyways, see all I'm trying to say is I believe we are in a time of dream and desire, fulfillment, purpose, real realigning with God. But I'm saying God wants our hearts more than anything else. He wants, and He wants this person in here. He wants it to be healed. He wants it to be made right. You know, He don't care about all that other stuff. God doesn't care about my ministry. He could care less about that. Like, that's not important to Him, but I'm important to Him. I am. That's what's important to God. And I could be, oh God, I wish, just dream this word about my ministry. If you just fulfill it, Lord, I'll be okay. No, Byron, I'm, that's not really what I'm about. I'm about you. Not about your ministry. I don't care about your ministry. I can get somebody else to do that. You know? Your goals, all that. God wants to say to you, I, I care about you. I care about your heart. I'm not against what you're doing. I'm against what's hurting you. And there's things making you sick. And you need to wake up. You need to come to a reality check with me about these things. You need to let go of some stuff. You need to surrender some and say, Okay, Lord, I get it. I'm going to let it go. I need you to help me because I'm not happy. And I can't make myself happy. And if I dare try to do it, I feel like I'm going to ruin my life if I do it. Anybody feel like the Lord spoke to them? Good. Join, join my life. <laughs> Let me pray for you right quick. Lord, we want the real tree of life. Lord, we don't. Want, we don't want to just get things and then realize those things were going to mess us up. We don't, want, we don't want a dream fulfilled in a wrong way. We want our dreams to be fulfilled, Lord. We want our desires to come true, Lord, but not not at the expense of what really matters. And say, so, Lord, we ask you to help us today. I pray for everybody in this room whose heart has gotten hard, gotten disconnected, gotten off little by little. I pray for them. I ask you to help them, Lord. I pray you'd... Speak to their hearts today. I pray they would hear you knocking on the door of their hearts right now and saying, My door's open. I'm open for you. I love you. I, I want that communion again with you. I want to I want that fire that we had with that passion we had. Lord, I pray you'd do that for every person in this room. Lord, I pray for these young people who had such a marvelous week at the camp, Lord, and how you stirred them, Lord. I pray they'd never forget it, Lord. I pray they would never forget these times and in, in their future, Lord, when they're in difficult moments, that they would remember how sweet you were, how awesome the fellowship and communion was, Lord. I pray that you would instill that seed in their heart and it would never die. And I pray that for the rest of us that we would just just remember today. Lord, for those who have gotten so far away, we can't even hear or see no more. I pray today for their remembrance that just bring memories back to them, Lord, of how awesome you are, how glorious. And they would remember what David said, Lord, when he said, one thing I have desired is just to be with you, Lord. And they would get back to that place. Lord, I want to get back to there where you're, Christ is preeminent in my life. And Christ is everything. And there's nothing outside of him. And I live my life that way. And I order my business that way. And I order my days that way. I order my my thoughts that way. That Christ is everything. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. And I choose today, Lord, to set my mind on Christ. The things above where Christ is. Set it at the right hand of God. Lord, I pray that for everybody in this room. I pray you do that in Jesus' name.
1: We're going to get the youth up to pray. We want them to pray, and Melissa has something she wanted to share, but we're also going to pray for Maya and for Holly. They're leaving for Ghana, so I'd like for them to come on up too. So youth, why don't you all come on up, and uh, Holly and Maya, would you come on, and I want Melissa to share what she felt like the Lord.
2: I just, you know, Byron was sharing about his testimony and Ken Helser at camp. That was one of the things he talked about is just the testimony of the Lord changing your life. And our, uh, our, you know, theme verse was 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away. New things have come. And I feel like Ken, you know, really, sp- Ken Helser really spoke into their lives about identity and about new things coming and, and asked them, you know, when they were journaling to ask the Lord, write down and ask the Lord, who do you say I am? What do you have for me? Why do you love me? You know, and just really, really speaking life into them and, and identity. And I feel like a lot of them really got something from the Lord about identity and, and asking for what the Lord has for them. And, and I just wanted them to be able to pray for you, that, you know, going after what God has for you and, and just asking for uh, who He says you are and who He says what He says about your future and what He's going to do for you. And one of my favorite things at camp, I mean, we had so many awesome moments, but one of my favorite just things that really, I'm already choking up, but, that I just loved, was to have these guys just spontaneously get up and worship and start praying for each other. And it wasn't even something that we, you know, initiated or said, hey, everyone, get up and start praying for each other. Like Even the little, little, like 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds were going over and praying for the 16 and 17-year-olds. And they would just randomly get up and start praying for each other. It was so awesome for me to see. And I just said, thank you, Lord, for their hearts. You know, and just so i really wanted them to be able to just pray for you and and just give you what the lord gave to them at camp and and also for the ghana team you know and just really pray that we can just like you know just send all that over there and and that ministry stuff and just what the lord's doing yeah
1: we going to pray for the ghana team first and then we're going to invite you guys up to receive ministry so and let these youth pray for them too it's awesome so the
0: they're going to Ghana for two weeks Tuesday to go over there to uh, Jeff's ministry, the Father's House, which is a ministry for boys who have been rescued from slavery. And so these boys live in a house, and they're raising these boys and trying to create men out of these boys who, uh, you know, who will live their life in an honorable way and change, and change that nation. So, Lord, we're thankful today for what you're going to do with these two. Lord, you're going to protect them. You're going to put them in a grace bubble, Lord. They don't have anything to worry about, Lord, because you're you got everything covered. You got them covered. Uh, I just saw the Lord's. It says uh, He hides us under the shadow of His wings. I just saw the wing of the Lord come over you and protect you, so you can know that you're under the wing of the Father, the great wing of God. You just need to know that as you go. And don't worry about the stuff going on around you. Just know you're under His wing. And when you begin to touch those children and touch the people you're around, what you're doing is that wing, you are releasing that wing to them. You're releasing the Father's wing. You're releasing that whole psalm, the Lord is my refuge. You're going to be releasing that to people. And God is going to do something amazing through us through. Through the atmosphere that you're carrying, because you're you're under His wing, you're carrying that atmosphere. You've got to know that. You've got to believe that. And don't really don't fret about things that you fret about when you get on. Just just switch in to I'm under the wing. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission with the wing of God. And I just really call forth for that today, Lord. And I speak peace to their hearts, their minds, their families that are leaving behind. Lord, all the business and stuff they have behind here will be taken care of. And, Lord, we just release your favor. We release your love. We le- release the gentleness of Christ to them, Lord, because those children need somebody to love them and be gentle to them, Lord. We thank you, Lord. That's what you're doing, Lord. Thank you,
1: Lord. Lord, we just send them out in the power of Elijah, spirit of Elijah. Hmm. Lord, just, yeah, we send them out in that spirit, Lord, just proclaiming, making way for the spirit of the Lord to go into that nation. Lord, we just bless them. We bless Ghana. Lord, we bless the Father's house. Lord, we bless them, Lord, with an extension of what you have really have done in us at River Life. And Lord, they will be those hands and those feet, that voice. Lord, we just say, we send them. Lord, we thank you that you've made this ascending house. Lord, this is the fourth week in the row of sending. And Lord, this is your, what you have done. And so we send them, we extend river life to the nation of Ghana. We extend what you've done through the power of the spirit to the father's house in Ghana, Lord. And we thank you for the hearts that are willing to sacrifice and go. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo, yeah, favor. Supernatural favor there, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Woo, boy, it's thick up here. We want to get these youth to pray for you guys. too. y'all can just keep praying as you want. But some of you youth stretch back out. And um, let's start praying for you, cause it Because it's really thick When I just stepped up there It was wow <laughs> It was really something So uh, one thing I love about youth And young people praying They don't really have any information about you So it's really pretty pure So if, I just want to encourage you this morning If you have a hopeless heart Been really struggling um, With these things Byron was talking about Just feeling like too busy. Your heart's growing cold. I tell you, this morning I showed up kind of that way, and the Lord really has been ministering to me all morning. So come on up and let someone pray for you, these guys. So we love you guys. Y'all can stand up if you want. I'm going to dismiss you. We love you coming and us sharing Jesus together. It's good. So, hmm I'm still feeling these presents. if you want to, just enjoy that too. But we want to free you, but also encourage you to get prayer. So from these young people, thank you, Lord. Have a good afternoon, ladies. don't Don't forget the lake this afternoon. There are maps in the back by the office. So come on out.